Welcome to Career EQ, a podcast series focused on helping students navigate the beginning and early stages of their business careers. Your host, John Quinn, is a senior lecturer and director of the Consumer Packaged Goods Immersion Program at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. In each episode, we dive into a topic facing young professionals in today's ever-changing business environment. While John may not be an expert in all those areas, his academic and corporate partner guests certainly are. That being said, let's dive into our topic for today and meet this episode's guest. Welcome to another installment of our Career EQ sub-series, where we learn about business school disciplines to better understand different paths within those careers and what a day in the life may look like. Today, we're going to talk about logistics. Our guests are Terry Esper, Professor in Logistics at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University, who, as a recent recipient of the prestigious Fulbright U.S. Scholar Research Award, will soon be off to Finland, and Amy Biesenthal, Senior Director, Supplier Operations at Nordstrom, and a 2005 Fisher graduate. Welcome to Career EQ, Terry and Amy. Terry and Amy, thank you so much for stopping in and spending some time with us here at Career EQ. Hey, thank you. So good to be here. Thanks for having us. So I'm going to start off with a layup. Terry, how do you define the field of logistics? Yeah, that's a a good question. Um, And and I I say it's a good question because um, logistics is often confused with other other areas and uh, used interchangeably with other concepts. So logistics is essentially the art and science, if you will, of getting product through supply chains into the market. And if we think of the fact that everything that you and I purchase and everything that we consume, um, it got to those retail shelves some kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the 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 process of moving that product closer to you and I as consumers and all of the the transportation, the, the, the warehousing, the distribution, the inventory management, all of those things that are necessary to get product through supply chains into the market. That's what we call logistics. Now, I just refer to supply chains, right? And that's... that's I was going to ask about that. Yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> sometimes those terms are used interchangeably, but they're not the same, right? They're not the same. No, supply chain management is the broader concept. It is indeed kind of the integration and the management of all of the flows across companies to get product to the market. But the logistics piece is that portion of supply chain management that involves the the movement and the flow of products, such as you know involving transportation, warehousing, um, distribution center management, and uh, some inventory management as well. Excellent. So, um, actually, it just gave me an idea. I teach a CPG immersion class, so mm-hmm. I might hit you up next fall oh, for a guest see. lecture. So you- see, I came here to do a podcast. Now you're pulling <laughs> you you a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> So, uh, Amy, what do you love most about logistics and what initially attracted you to it? Yeah, so I have been, I studied logistics uh, as my major at Ohio State. And I remember the first, the day I first heard about it, it was the freshman business advisory course. A guest speaker came in to talk about the major and she said, if you love problem solving and numbers and, you know, fast paced, complex issues, and I just remember thinking, I do. I love that. That's exactly what I love. Um, and so that still holds true today. I think that logistics is a super fast-paced environment. Every day is a different day. Um, it involves a lot of cross-functional uh, work. So working with a lot of people, um, different facets 
within logistics of what that looks like in terms of dealing with physical product or dealing more you know, at a computer desk and working with numbers and data and analytics. So there's a lot that you can do within logistics um, and a lot of different avenues, as well as opportunities for mobility and growth to support people. Mm-hmm. Terry, how about you? What, what, how, at what point did you get interested in logistics? Yeah. And obviously, you're, it's your whole life. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I, I fell in love with logistics, interestingly enough, on the side of a U.S. highway. I was uh, doing some work for the Department of Transportation, and I was interviewing truck drivers. And the very first time that I'd heard the word logistics used in the business context was by a truck driver. I was uh, surveying, and uh, I was moving a bit slow. And he's like, hey, young man, can you pick this up? Like, I was probably about 20 years old working for the Department of Transportation. He's like, hey, can you pick this up? You know, Have you ever heard of logistics? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and he said, hey, you know, the stuff that I've got in this truck back here, like, this this has to be somewhere on time. And uh, have you ever thought about the fact that, you know, if, if we don't get to where we're supposed to be on time, you won't be able to get the stuff that you need to live your life? And I'm like, well, no, sir, I never thought of that. And uh, let me go and look into this. And so uh, that was kind of the beginning of uh, this this whole journey for me. Uh, really, you know, just the idea. It, it really was a uh, just a, 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 a it was a secret that was right in my face, right? I think that that's what's so intriguing to me. And I'm gonna veer off just a bit because sure. because the the reason why I fell in love with it is all the stuff that Amy talked about, but also the fact that I realized that. It was this world that was right in my face, but yet I could not see it, right? So much of what we do in logistics is to make everything run so that the average person doesn't have to think about it. And it wasn't until COVID and the whole toilet paper situation that people were like, is that what you've been doing all your <laughs> life? Like, is that what you've been doing for those last 25 years? I mean, yeah. So the world became aware of logistics because of the, the situation that we had in uh, 2020. And um, it was just one of those really interesting situations where I'm like, yeah, we have been here the whole time. And uh, everything that you pretty much <laughs> use to live your life, you know, logistics is involved in it in some capacity to get those products to you. And uh, it was just such a when I, when I realized that, that there was this whole infrastructure around around me that was supporting my daily life that I never really took into consideration and never really thought about. That was intriguing to me, and I, I fell in love with it. It's interesting. I don't think, now it's been a long time now, but since I got my MBA, but I don't think I took a logistics class. I don't mm. think I had to, and I didn't really get exposed to it until later in my career, mm. and also I'm a marketplace junkie, and I hear you ever on there every once oh, in a yeah, while. Yeah. So, uh, and then I was like, boy, if I had known about that earlier in my career, I think I would have really been jazzed about it. Cause, see, you see. Know. Yeah. So what are some different career paths within the field of logistics? Well, I, I, Amy, you, you want to take that? Yeah, because I mean, you, you know, you just talked about all the things that you do, um, and of course, then I can pick up where, where you leave off. Yeah, I can start with um, some of the my past experiences um, and sort of my career path throughout uh, logistics. I started as a distribution center intern, mm. and then moved into a corporate role supporting what they called flow. Uh, primarily focused on distribution center flow analytics, um, working on sort of internal consulting projects um, to optimize the flow of product. Um, I then moved into um, some project-based roles, uh, supporting various aspects of logistics, and then over to 
uh, sort of an inventory analytics role. I also moved into transportation where I supported our transportation carriers, uh, looking at you know how our carriers were performing, um, conducting RFPs with transportation carriers. We also had a company fleet that we managed the administration of and a company car program that we managed the leasing for. I then moved into inventory management on the business side where inventory management is a lot of data and analytics. It's a numbers balancing game, but you still get the aspect of being close to the physical flow of the product and seeing the output of that in the distribution centers and in stores from a retail environment. Uh, From there, I moved into master data and managed EDI. Uh, So more on the the data side, um, supporting a lot of core data quality and a system upgrade um, with our ERP. And then from there, I moved um, into a new area with supplier operations. So I do a lot of brand support um, today and support, you know, the physical flow of good from brands through our supply chain, making sure it's as efficient um, as possible so that we can get it to our customers as quickly as possible. I mean, there's a couple uh, concepts in there you talked about that I'd like to dive in a little more, maybe explain f- to our listeners. Mm-hmm. One of them was optimize the flow of product. What exactly do you mean by that? Optimize the flow, it, it's essentially end-to-end. So in thinking about how our suppliers are manufacturing those goods um, and flowing them from a warehouse, a manufacturing perspective into the transportation network to get to our facilities, whether it's a distribution center that flows uh, to our stores or a fulfillment center that flows direct to consumer from an e-commerce perspective, um, optimizing the flow of that goods to ensure that it can arrive as quickly as possible. So, and partnering with the manufacturers and the suppliers in terms of how they're producing those goods when they're producing them to support the lead time that it requires, depending on the distribution network and the transportation network, how we might flow that from a, you know, it might be an import good and require some customs. So planning additional lead time for that. It might, um, you know, could go either by boat or air. And depending on the lead time, you know, assessing what the, you know, cost implications and um, the timeline implications might be, and then how those goods then are packaged to flow through our network. If it requires any additional support as far as ticketing requirements or case pack requirements, what quantities we order more on the inventory side to support the customer demand and get that then through our network as efficiently as possible um, to support the store needs or the customer needs. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, it is a lot of stuff. <laughs> so um, there was another term you mentioned during managed EDI. What is EDI? EDI is electronic data interchange. Uh, it's an industry standard for transacting, uh, primarily used for purchase orders in terms of placing you know, the orders to suppliers. Um, then they send back another EDI transaction to tell us the advanced shipment notice, what they're shipping, and then invoicing is another big one from a payment perspective. 
So, Amy, you touched a lot, uh, a lot of different points in your career, different type of roles and responsibilities. Terry, like for somebody who's just getting out of school, mm-hmm. what are some of the most common paths to start your career in logistics? Yeah, I think uh, Amy's journey really does represent kind of you know where you can start, and then of course how you can end up once you kind of move around. I think um, you know generally speaking, most of our students students start out in some kind of analysis type role, right? Either you know doing some kind of an uh, a- analyses where they're you know supporting someone like an Amy, right, with some analyses so that she can understand you know where inventory is and where inventory needs to be, or when she's working with suppliers, you know um, you know what's going on in the world around us and how we may need to rethink those lead times and so so typically our students start out uh, start out especially if they're working for a company you know like a Nordstrom or if they're working for one of the big brands right they typically um, kind of start in some analysis type role um, another pathway is a little bit more hands-on I would say right so the analysis pathway involves more of the uh, the, the you know the numbers you know the 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 analytics, the quantitative uh, uh, skills and capabilities. Um, I would say another pathway uh, is what I would call more of the hands-on. Right? Uh, Amy talked about working in a distribution center. I started my career working in a distribution center. Um, there were times when I worked worked on third shift. You know, and um, that so eleven in, to seven. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And of course, that involved you know an, an analyses as well. But it also involved working with people, managing people, and overseeing some of those frontline operations. So it's really more of your roll up your sleeves and get involved in some of the the actual um, movement of product. And, and logistics is a 24-7 business, you know, and so product is always moving. And so many of us started our career in that space um, and getting those, um, what I consider some of the best experience, right, Amy, working in DCs where you're on the front line, you understand it. Right. And uh, eventually you become an executive, but starting there gives you the, 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 the context of what's really happening happening when it comes to moving product because if you don't get that kind of experience uh, even for a short while yeah you might lose sight on what's happening everything is just numbers and spreadsheets but when you kind of get some of that hands-on experience and yeah. a lot of our Out students field, take that no. yeah a lot of our students do that and you know I would say that that's you know I, I I'm, I'm always a bit careful there because um, I, I've I've talked to a parent once that's like, well, I'm sending my student, you know, I'm sending my child to Ohio State not to go work in a distribution center, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, no. They'll be in management, right? They'll be in management. And, um, you know, they'll still be utilizing this, this great degree, but it is a great place to start because yeah. it does give you context and allows you to really feel uh, what logistics is about, even if it's just a temporary assignment. Yeah, yeah. And getting an understanding oh, of yeah. how it impacts the people on the very front lines Absolutely. in the field. Yeah, I, I really do say that if, I mean, logistics to me is is one of those majors where, and one of those career paths where you really get to see and do business, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not this is not to say that marketing folks don't do business. But when you're in logistics, when you're in operations, you know, you are getting into the 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 um, the guts of the organizations and getting that kind of uh, context and that kind of exposure early in your career. I think it's just it it just it's it's um, it's the reason why we're seeing more CEOs now that started in logistics, because having that experience really gives them a good frame of reference. So uh, speaking of like uh, being in the business, um, Let's talk a little bit about your experience, at, at Amy, at Nordstrom. So you are currently a supply chain operations director there. What is 
your day to day like? What are some of the challenges that you are encountering and people on your team are encountering? Yeah. So I support supplier operations, which essentially bridges supply chain with our brands. And the core of that is our supplier compliance program. So as you might know, Nordstrom offers a high level of customer service. Um, and that's a I priority. I use them as an example that... in my class many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, old, yeah. the old story about the uh, elderly gentleman who returned a set of tires to Nordstrom. Mm. Yes, we have we have so many stories like that, and it's it's really inspirational, and it's really a core of our day to day operations. So that filters throughout, you know, how we approach each aspect of the business. So um, the compliance program is actually set up to drive speed and efficiency, so that we can deliver product to our customers faster to achieve that high level of service. So a few pillars of our compliance program are EDI, which we talked about, uh, purchase orders, and making sure that the suppliers are shipping us um, in in expectation with what we ordered, and then floor ready, which is ensuring that product is ready to sell on the floor or ship to customer through e-commerce. So we partner with brands to drive those end-to-end efficiencies and also internal stakeholders to incorporate business requirements into our processes. So if you think about incorporating the expectation of um, the store operations team and how they see that product going um, and selling on the floor, making sure that we're incorporating that. On a day-to-day basis, I spend a lot of my time collaborating with internal stakeholders and suppliers, and then also supporting my four teams who drive cross-functional initiatives. Um, so we partner with DC operations, transportation, merchandising, finance, inventory, product, and tech. So we do a lot to support the systems that that we own um, in terms of driving compliance um, and also ensuring that the product flows. So if we think about the auditing logic in our distribution centers, for example. I also travel about once a month uh, to our corporate offices in Seattle and then various supply chain facilities. I have one team that is on site at every each one of our facilities. So I travel to meet with them. Um, and then in Previous roles, I would say the day-to-day might look different. So depending on, you know, um, at what level of the organization and then in which part of the organization that you're in to support logistics, um, the day-to-day, you know, oftentimes is can be data-based um, or driven, analytical, um, but also a lot of cross-functional work. So partnering uh, to support various initiatives and problem solving, I think is the core of, you know, any of those positions. Yeah. A couple follow-up questions on that. So you talked about supplier operations and working with brands. Uh, what does that mean in the context of Nordstrom? What type of brands are you working with? How are you working with them on a daily basis? Yeah. So if you think about the brands that are in the stores, where we pretty much work with all of them um, across the team, we work with um, you know smaller brands who are just starting out at Nordstrom and are looking to get into the business. But we also work with the big brands. Um, if you think about your Nike or your Tory Burch, your designer brands, um, the beauty brands is another sector. So we have a lot of different brands. We partner with our merchandising team. Um, so we've got the um, 
divisional merchandise managers who support each area of the business um, and from a merchandising perspective and partner with them on what brands they think that might need additional support or that we can lean in from a strategic partnership perspective. So you also mentioned about working with internal stakeholders on initiatives um, cross-functionally. Can you give maybe an example of a type of project where you uh, you had to work cross-functionally, maybe with Maybe it was with a buyer that is trying to bring in some new product into the store. Yeah, we've got lots of examples of that. I'd say, um, you know, I'll touch on sort of that floor ready um, project is one of our big initiatives in terms of how do we reconcile, um, you know, sort of the the expectation of how we're merchandising the product on the floor with any activities that we're performing at the distribution center and making sure that we have the right activities um, being audited and checked and um, validated before we send it to the stores. And then also triangulating that with what we're asking our suppliers to do. So over the last year and a half, um, we have made some expansions to our compliance program to get our supplier standards more in line with how we merchandise on the floor. Um, and then part of that then too is working with our distribution centers to get that activity set up. So one recent example, I know when I went to school many moons ago, we talked a lot about RFID mm. and that is still a hot topic uh, in the industry and Nordstrom. And, and um, Amy, for our listeners, to, what is RFID? Yeah, it's radio frequency identification. So it's little a tags, little tags, yeah, RFID tags. The little tags, mm. Yes. Um, and so making sure that those tags are on the product encoded so that we can do physical scans of the store is a big initiative the Nordstrom's been working on um, to support inventory integrity. And so making sure that we can support that and asking our suppliers to add those tags and then building the capabilities at our distribution centers to audit um, and perform that reticketing if the RFID tag is not on there so that we don't have as much store support on that. So when you think about when you go to a retail store and you're trying to find a particular size of a particular item and they're checking inventories and how they can get that to you or where you can pick it up, that's logistics, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So... Um, we, t- we talked a lot about analytics, obviously. So what would, and Terry, you talked about those two main paths that one can kind of start their career on, either mm-hmm. like analytics or more of a hands-on. For those two different paths, what are some of the characteristics and skill sets that would be uh, best enable success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we get that question quite a bit. Um, and I think it was actually some of the stuff that Amy touched on at the very top, right? Um, someone who, uh, you know, loves numbers, um, loves the quantitative side of things. I mean, you know, um, we don't kind of make these decisions on our gut, right? Yeah. You've got to have good analyses in order to support logistics decision making. And so that that's going to involve some number crunching. And so I would say, you know, from a skills perspective, someone who really does have that affinity for numbers and really does appreciate um, the quantitative side of things. Um, I would say someone who is um, flexible. You know, this is not a career path for someone that wants to kind of, you know, go to work every day and it's going to be the same and it's formulaic, right? I mean, logistics is um, uh, it's a very flexible. Uh, you have to be very flexible because it's a very dynamic uh, career path. You know, interestingly enough, just as an anecdote here, when when everybody, you know, now that the dust has settled and all the supply chain crises and COVID and everything. 
you know, I was talking about this once. I'm like, you know, we've been here before. Like, you guys didn't know it because it didn't hit the magnitude of, you know, how things were in 2020. But the reality is, in logistics, we handle these kinds of things all the time, mm-hmm. right? So we never had to deal with a pandemic. But we've had to deal with other things, right? Yeah, from, it could be halfway from, from across the world. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so, uh, so much of this um, work is dealing with things that are going on in the environment, from weather, extreme weather issues to, you know, um, just so many things. And so um, I say that to suggest that um, logistics is dynamic. And so from a skill set perspective, I think someone who has the ability to be flexible, to be agile, someone who has the ability to be a really sharp and quick thinker, because, um, you know, it, logistics is a time-based, <laughs> it's, it's time, right? Things are running on time. And so, again, quantitative skills and capabilities, really fast thinker, um, self-learner, and just that, that agility, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to really embrace the notion that Things will be different every day. Yeah. And uh, you have but that's to what makes it interesting, that. though, too. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. Amy, uh, anything to add to that? And also, maybe talk a little bit about, um, you know, for our Gen Z listeners, balance of life's importance mm. and flexibility. Uh, is that, uh, to what degree can you have that in a field, in a career in logistics? Yeah. So I'm going to add just one point on, um, in terms of, um, you know, the, uh, skills. Mm-hmm. And I think it builds on um, a point earlier in terms of, um, you know, starting at the at the ground level um, mm-hmm. and just getting into the day to day. And I think about another, you know, sort of key aspect of logistics around sort of Lean Six Sigma and process improvement. And um, there's a concept with the Gemba um, that is, you know, the place where the value is created and, and going to that place. And so I think about in terms of, you know, kind of a starting point for the field is being able to get um, that that real experience in, in um, doing the day-to-day activities. So I think that is something that I've found throughout my career is something that is a, is a really good starting place and um, just also a concept that will follow you throughout uh, the field. Um, in terms of work-life balance, I think that there are, a, you know, logistics is 24-7. So we'll start there. It's <laughs> fast-paced. It's dynamic. I think the concept of flexibility is really important. That being said, there are handoffs in the, if you think about logistics in the supply chain, um, there are handoffs throughout that. So there isn't, you know, while a, a trucking brokerage might operate 24-7, the same person isn't there 24-7. And so if you think about that, I think there are, you know, various roles and um, there's so many different options within the um, the field in terms of um, a more analytical role that might be a more of a nine to five um, desk job versus if you're in the operations and a people leader, you might need to be work a longer shift because you're going to get there before your team does and stay after they do. So I think there's a lot of variety, which is another really cool aspect um, of logistics so that you can sort of see what path best suits you and where you're at um, in your life. Um, I've made moves throughout my career to support where I was at in terms of, you know, having a little kid and wanting to spend be there during that time. And so being in a more, you know, data analytical role where I could balance that. 
Um, and so I think that is, you know, the key is that there is a lot of opportunity and flexibility um, to sort of pave the path depending on where you're at and what your interests are. So in recent years, what have been some of the biggest challenges or trends in logistics? How has the field been put to task yeah. per se? Well, well, I, I can start on that. I think, um, you know, you, you know, Amy talked about things like EDI, RFID, um, and, 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 you know, I, I know a lot of times when we think about logistics, we're thinking about the physical product and the flow of physical product. But then there's also all of that technology and all that data and, and all of those um, um, uh, information technology uh, um, capabilities and skills and, 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 and the infrastructure that has to support that. Right. Earlier, Amy said uh, uh, ASN advanced shipping notice, right? Advanced shipping notification. Well, well those are the, the, the information flows that are also taking place right alongside the movement of that physical product. I bring that up because um, over the years, we have just seen where the roles of technology have been particularly uh, vital to the execution of logistics. And so that's another one of those areas that if a young person is you know, listening to this and says, hey, I'm, I'm more of a tech person. Well, logistics could be a place and a home mm -hmm. for you because so much of what we do involves technology. But it, it has but but I, the technology has been uh, one of those major trends. Right. Um, particularly. Um, as we navigated through the onset of the pandemic where, you know, um, we, we didn't have as, many, as much access to, to people and, and labor. So now we see a lot of companies um, actually turning the corner when it comes to conversations about the use of things like robotics, mm -hmm. um, automated technologies. Right. And so, um, again, that that work has to be done. Um, it's a 24 seven business. And we are, of course, you know, dealing with um, uh, labor issues in this country. And so a lot of companies are thinking about and, and supplementing uh, their human talent with with technology. And uh, that's one of those trends that we it, it has just been consistently um, uh, getting bigger and bigger in terms of the role of technology in logistics. It started with just the data exchange, mm -hmm. right? EDI, <laughs> you know, ASNs, RFID, but now we're talking robotics and automated technologies and it, it, it has just grown over the years. So I would say one of those big trends has been just the increased um, focus and use of technology in logistics. So Amy, how has Nordstrom implemented technology in logistics? We have a lot of technology that we're looking at. So we have a, a roadmap uh, paved for technology improvements across you know, the stores with RFID is one example, um, the distribution centers. So looking at ways that we can increase efficiencies and you know, potential robotics and what that might look like. Um, we have technology and automation that has been in our centers uh, for a while, and we're continuing to evolve what what that looks like and what the potential is, and weighing those opportunities against, you know, sort of the um, the the life cycle of the technology, if you will. So thinking through how long will this technology be viable before you know a, a newer technology might come along, and so weighing that in. Um, but I'd say overall, we approach, you know, technology, including automation and AI through the lens of supporting the customer and employee experiences. So looking at it overall. Uh, so you, you mentioned the 800-pound gorilla in the room to artificial intelligence. So mm -hmm. how is artificial intelligence being implemented in logistics and what do you see the future of it? 
Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I like what Amy just said that, you know, they're looking at those technologies and in in through the lens of um, employee experience, right, and customer experience, right? How can we make sure that our customers and our people are, um, that these technologies will support uh, them enjoying their experience with the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, I mean, you know, this is one of the hottest conversations right now, right? I mean, sure. AI yeah. in, the, in every business discipline. Um, I think, um, you know, again, when, when it's all said and done, um, you know, this artificial intelligence has, uh, in, in so many ways, um, offer just a, a wealth of opportunity, right, to support decision-making. Um, you know, I, I see one of those big areas for us is decision support, right, being able to really support um, decision-making with better uh, and, and quicker and perhaps more precise analyses of data. Um, and so that's one big area where we're seeing, um, you know, I've even seen some companies that, you know, uh, can speak to an AI and say, hey, you know, where, where should we move inventory in order to um, reduce our costs by, you know, 2%? And the AI will say, hey, here are some suggestions. You might consider transferring this amount of inventory from this facility or network to the other facility or network, right? Yeah. So there are some really sophisticated AI models that are emerging that really do provide really, really good decision support. Support. I think it's also important because, because again, we deal with frontline, and there's been a lot of debate about <laughs> these technologies like AI and robotics and um, replacing people. And I think, uh, again, to Amy's point, this is about the employee experience, about providing another um, another technology support yeah. and another tool that can be used to make better decisions. Yeah. But logistics is a, a people business, and I think it'll always be a people yeah. business. And these technologies just support uh, the people in their experience. And helps them being por- become more efficient, not necessarily placing. Sure, them. absolutely. Yeah. How about like some world events? How does that impact your world? So mm. political instability in the Middle East yeah. and drone attacks on transportation ships yeah. or the drought in Panama. Mm. How does that, those type of world events impact your world? Ooh, <laughs> that, that's what makes it so dynamic, right? I mean, you talk about Panama, right? I mean, you know, of course, I, I used to lead a study abroad to Panama, and I've taken students from Fisher to Panama to see Very the cool. operations of the canal, right? But oh, that's awesome. So much of our uh, product inflow in this country goes through the canal. Well, when the canal can't operate, you know, that has a major effect on, you know, the product flows to get product into the U.S. from Asia. Well, then what do we do? Well, we then start looking at West Coast ports. Well, those West Coast ports are already dealing with the product that was already scheduled to, you know. Yeah. So, so it, there's just ripple effects, right? So, um, you know, again, you talk about the the political uh, 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 landscape, and it, this has become more of a political business than than anything here as of late. That's another one of those major trends, right? So, everything that happens around the world is we have to be concerned about. So, um, you know, in logistics, you kind of got to got you kind of got to watch the news every day, yeah. <laughs> right? You yeah. got to be aware of world affairs because. Because, again, it may look like it's somewhere over there, quote unquote, right, across the world. But the reality is that it'll affect how Amy does her day to day, um, day to day business. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And going back to your point, Terry, about the fast paced and dynamic, you know, the ability to be flexible, I think, and that every day is a different day, depending on what is happening in the world will have an impact on logistics and the end to end supply chains. So, um, to add to that, you know, with the Suez Canal, I know that's something that we've been focused on recently in terms of the transportation impacts 
of product coming from overseas and you know identifying upstream in our in our supply chain where our suppliers might be sourcing you know raw materials or manufacturing even if we order the goods domestically. So making sure we've got that broad scope that we can um, look into to assess potential impact um, and risks. Um, I think one other point I'll add to that, if I think about the pandemic and sort of, you know, my role when the pandemic hit was in inventory management uh, for groceries and household goods. I managed the inventory for cleaning supplies, toilet paper, paper towels, mm. some really hot products. Um, and if I think about tying that back to AI and, you know, sort of some of the the human element that we really had to apply when the pandemic first hit and thinking that our technology wasn't quite there to pick up and know what was coming. Um, and so just to tie out that point in terms of you know, supporting human talent with technology, I think, you know, that human talent is still really important. And I think about that as sort of, um, you know, supplementing. Um, So how do we supplement that human talent and, you know, provide them additional, you know, better decision-making support, um, but also relying on, um, you know, the human decision-making element. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today here at CreuQ, Terry and Amy. This has been great. Although I got to admit, it's a bit bittersweet because like, you know, over the past 20 years of my career, I, I developed a little bit of logistics envy. Mm. And now that we're talking about, <laughs> you know, how worldwide events and uh, climate change and how it's infecting Panama and uh, the pandemic and how you're really kind of at the forefront of that stuff just fueled that in me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And, and thank you for doing this. And I, I, if I could just offer just, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't be John, right? <laughs> so to our listeners, don't don't have logistics envy later in your career, right? Start now. Get into it now. I was wondering where you're going with that, Terry. I was just like, <laughs> don't be him, right? Um, no, I, I think you bring up a great point, and I, I would just say there's a lot of people that I've talked to over the years who say, "Man, if I would have known that, you know, about this career path." Um, again, Ohio State has been doing logistics education for years. We're one of the old school we're, we're pillar programs. Highly ranked, by the absolutely. way. Absolutely. Highly ranked. Yo, absolutely. One of the highest ranked programs uh, within Fisher, uh, if if not the highest. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, it, it's just a great field. It's a great field to consider. And, uh, you know, the, the career opportunities are just amazing. And um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just admonish your listeners to consider um, consider joining us. We'd love to have you. Yeah, great. I echo that. <laughs> well, thanks, Amy. Thanks, Terry. Thank uh, so don't forget to check the episode notes on our webpage for more resources on this topic. And keep an eye out for future episodes in Career Paths and Business Subseries. Please check the webpage for additional related links and the resources on this topic. Career EQ is brought to you by the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. We like to thank our production crew, including our producer, Doug Carraway, for making this possible, and the Office of Career Management, dedicated to supporting our business school students in the launch of their careers. See you next time at Career EQ.